Greetings and salutations and welcome to Recasted, the podcast that's leading the cops on a long road trip to recasting movies. Mm, very long. Woo! Uh, if you've joined us in this... Uh, well, I'm sorry. If you've joined us this month expecting a new theme, then guess what? You're wrong. As we're only halfway through our mark on directorial debuts and critical success double feature film themed months. That was a lot. Well... <laughs> Okay, if you don't know what that means, what we are doing is tackling two movies by one director. Their first director, directorial debut, mm-hmm. almost couldn't speak properly. And then we're following that up next week with their most critically successful films as listed on Rotten Tomatoes and our gut feelings. Right? Right. So far, we've observed the British offering of Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. We cross fists and swords with Akira Kurosawa. And we've now come to America's offering of the great Steven Spielberg. Which, why are we trying this? But we're trying this. Yes. And with us, to get through this, is Deputy of Rehasted, Asa. Hello. And just wanting to see my vision come to life, it's me, Chris. I just want to see it. <laughs> uh, it's hard to imagine what the directorial debut of Steven Spielberg would be like, considering what he has brought to movies. And such mm-hmm. so without further delay let's get to our recasting of the sugarland express yeah from 1974 came on march 31st 1974 so spielberg for, just sorry for reference jaws came out the next year yeah i was gonna get to that <laughs> so for for reference this is his first theatrical directorial thing yeah so he did a couple of tv movies before this and a bunch of episodes for tv series was, he did uh, do firelight or something i was reading about but including columbo he act- directed oh, a, you know, an episode of columbo. columbo um but yeah this was his first director for a movie so yeah and then yeah the very next year was jaws and then right after that close encounters of the third kind <laughs> like he went so from, he really got his uh he went from to Jaws. <laughs> he went from a very long road trip type movie to a giant freaking shark. Yeah. Which still terrifies people. It terrifies me. I still 50 years later. I still don't want to rewatch that movie. Although then you want to watch Jaws 4 and the terrible 3D. It's coming right at us. Why is it not even moving? <laughs> and why is the glass like just terrible? This movie is terrible. Never go watch, saw, I never go saw watch it. The Meg. <laughs> I never saw that either. I haven't seen it either. I can't watch shark movies anymore. Um, but yeah, so this is this is a movie. Um, <laughs> this is a Goldie Hawn movie. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes give us an 87% from critics and a 66% um, from audiences, which is a, a drastic difference, as you will see from our next, next week's movie, which is... It's a Spielberg critically is a masterpiece, (laughs) Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, um, The one thing about this movie that I was very surprised to see Mm -hmm. was William Atherton not playing an asshole. Okay. Do you know how long it took me to realize that was the Ghostbusters guy? (laughs) I was like, why why do I know him? Where do I know him? I stopped the movie and I'm like, where do I know him? He's Peck. He's from packed. Ghostbusters, yep. he is um, he is the dick from uh, Die Hard. Like, oh yeah, he has been at so many assholes. Uh, Thornburg, that's what his character's yeah. name was. Uh, yeah, he is um, he is a good asshole. He is a good asshole. <laughs> but I did enjoy him in this. Like, this wasn't a bad movie. I don't think, anyway. It wasn't, and uh, we were talking about this earlier. It, it reminded me, even though it came out later, it reminded me of Raising Arizona. Kind mm-hmm. of the same plots. Similar. S- similar. Not quite the same, but... No, they stole a baby in that one. Yeah. and But still, Convict coming out. Yeah. And, and dealing with all that. Um, it had... It had an interesting perspective like i like the fact that like, it starts off with like this one cop and then you know then it's three cop cars following them and then you know you get this to the end and it's like line 300 cop cars and yeah. um it's also it was fascinating that it was kind of a depressing ending 
Yeah. I but was... then they had the weird, like, epilogue, and I was like, yeah. I don't know if I believe, like... Well, it was... So I, didn't, I didn't actually look it up, but it says at the beginning it was based on a true story or I, something. I, I have... Okay. The... Um, but yeah, that whole... Like, as soon as they get to the to Baby Langston's house, mm-hmm. like, after that, like, the whole tone of the movie changes. And it becomes, like, super sad. Yeah. Um, um, all I can say is, when this movie ended... Yeah. You do you want to know how surprised I was to see John Williams' name freaking name show up? This I'm is like, the first time they have and... been working together that long. This is the first movie that John Williams. Because I know he did Jaws. He does, but yeah. like, <laughs> yes, yeah, because like, was... it's like one of the first credits is music by John Williams, and I'm like, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> but you notice it's very. It totally doesn't sound like John. No, but it's yeah. just that harmonica by Toots, whatever the guy's name yeah. was. That was. Yeah. Um, speaking about the tone, by the way, I'm just trying to see if I can find it before we carry on. Um, no, I don't have it. I, one of the facts, not it, one, one of my fun facts, but one of the facts was when they showed it, that's exactly it. They thought Goldie Hawn at the beginning, very comedic. Hmm. This movie had this kind of like weird, fun tone to it. And then you get to the snipers, yeah. it show up and it goes and it, they say it shifted the tone so much that people walked out. Yeah, because they're like, oh, it's a huge tonal shift. But yeah. that's the whole point. Like you're like, oh shit. Yeah, they're gonna shoot them. Well, they're criminals. They one's kidnapped an a escape, cop. One's an escaped convict, technically. <laughs> yeah. But I like the fact that he's like, when they're going through like their list, they're like, okay, arsony. Yeah, it's like nothing, and, nothing in there about no, like guns violence, or no, viol- no violent crimes. Yeah. Nope. He just stole a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, like, oh, why is he doing this? <laughs> Yeah, um, and I and I really liked the the captain Captain, captain, captain Tanner. Tanner sorry, um, Captain Tanner because like he called the snipers off. He's like, I've been on this job for thirty years and I've never had to kill anybody. Yeah. I don't want to do that now. But then he does. And then at the end, he doesn't go after them. He's one of the only cops who just kind of sits there. Well, they all yeah, um, and he just un- until the till it's all over, and that's when he shows up. Right? And then he gives us his gun back to his yeah. deputy and. Like you're like, oh man, this is depressing. And then I like the but fact like that gives it back to him, says that you're gonna need this, and puts it back in his holster. Yeah. And I right. like the fact that he's like he wouldn't use it. Something that I I want to add at that point is I really want to add the fact that I want the captain to take the gun out, look at it, and realize there's no bullets left. No, because they would have used them all. By they would have used, and they threw yeah. the shotgun away. And I want him to be like, yeah, this could have been resolved, but we we, yeah, you know. It got to the point. So, yeah, because um, it was a major tonal shift. Like, I thought, even at the end, like, I thought Goldie Hawn was also dead. Because she was just kind of lying there against the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and it wasn't until, like, they started talking to her and she started mm-hmm. moving. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. they didn't kill her, too. They didn't kill her. Yeah. Well, and then they had the epilogue where it's like, she went to jail for 15 months and then got out. And then because of the captain and the deputy, they, or deputy, I keep calling a deputy. I don't know if he's a deputy. No, it's Slide. A Slide, the yeah. officer. Um, patrolman, whatever. Um, but they're like, they helped him her get her baby, and they saw, like, they made the board see she's fit. I'm like, there is no way in hell that that board would have thought she was a fit mother if after the, she if, kidnapped. Yeah, if they didn't, police, they didn't think that before. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, we don't know the 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 um the details of that case. They could the have scenario, easily have yeah. gone Clovis. Forced her into doing this, right? Yeah. Blah 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 blah. Well, and I something Comes I didn't it. I didn't pick up on until um, I was reading through it later. Because um, when they get her dad on the radio, mm-hmm. he is a dick. Yeah, he's terrible. He's terrible. And, and then and they that's realize why Slide tells her to turn the radio off because yeah. he doesn't want her to hear. But it. that's where also the captain I think realizes like, oh no, she's got a bad yeah like family dynamic here and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's bring ourselves up with a little bit of fun facts, and then we'll talk about Spielberg. Sounds good. Fun facts. Fun, fun facts. facts with Chris. And not performed by John Williams. <laughs> Unfortunately. We wish. John, if you're listening <laughs> to this. You're the one guy that's listening who also speaks Japanese from last week and knows we said all John, the names wrong. if you're listening to this, could you get a hold of Hans Zimmer so he can write us a thing? <laughs> yeah. That's wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That hurts. 
Yeah, but if John Williams wrote us a, a thing, it would just sound like a John Williams thing. I don't Hans care. Hans Zimmer's stuff sounds different. I don't care. <laughs> okay, fun fact. Fun fact with Chris. Thinking he needed to give Steven Spielberg a chance to get his feet wet on his first feature, Robert D. Zanuck. Zanuck. Okay. Instructed the production manager to start the film with relatively simple shots. He also decided to get the locations late that morning so that Spielberg could establish control of the set. Richard D. Zanuck? Richard. What did I say? Robert. Oh, sorry. Why did I say Robert? I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Richard. Um, Richard D. Zanuck. Zanuck. Zanuck? Whatever. Doesn't matter. Anyways. When he arrived, however, he discovered the director had set up one of the film's most complicated shots, which he pulled off just fine. Was it that stunt? Probably. With the, the people the on top of the van? Probably. There was a lot of stunts in this. I know, but like that one really caught my eye. Did you, do you remember that one? Yeah. Where, they, where <laughs> the captain shoots out the tires on a news van. Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, There's a lot that happened in this movie. But like, then it careens towards the camera... And the guys jump in the and water. And they jump off the water, and the van hits, like, right behind them. Like, that could have ended so badly. <laughs> yes. Um, I also, off the topic, the scene where the two, like, shoot them up guys just to start unloading into the used car lot. Yeah. Like. Where they might as well have been playing Benny Hill music. Yeah, but also you're like, at no point is that okay. <laughs> No, they but were at, shooting at an officer. But at least at they least did get it. At the, the, end. the captain was like, "Arrest them." But I like he, how he says that after he demolishes their car. Yeah, like click, 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 smash. Yeah, arrest these men. Okay, um, Steven Spielberg shot this film in continuity. That made it easier to control production costs as the size of the entourage, following Lugine and Clovis, grew steadily through the course of the film. It also helped the actors develop their characters more fully. Um, in the scene where the rifleman is aiming out at the windows towards the approaching hijacked car, Steven Spielberg used <laughs> zoom tracking effect, compressed foreground and background elements of the picture. Where I, was this first I, used by? I missed that. That was um, Vertigo. Alfred Hitchcock in Vertigo. Yeah, we which, came back. Which then he used in like three or four shots in Jaws. Yeah. So the following <laughs> year, Spielberg would use the same effect for the famous scene in Jaws where Brody's no. sitting on the beach and witnesses a shark attack on that's the young a, boy. That's a great example of that shot. Oh, that's like the yeah. primary. So Vertigo is always the one with straight down because it's the fear of heights, uh, James Stewart's character. Um, and then, yeah, Brody's the one where it's the zoom in on his yeah. face and the pull out. Um, if you don't know how they do that, they zoom in while pulling the camera back. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Yeah, depending on how they want to do it. Yeah. But yeah, I did notice that in this one for a bit. It's, not a, it's a really it. quick yeah. one. I didn't notice it. Um, but yes. So the film, the, the films Lugene Poplin and Clovis Michael Poplin, are based on the lives of then 21-year-old Ella Faye Holiday Dent and 22-year-old Robert Bale Dent, Bye. respectively. Bobby. God damn it, Bobby. Uh, the character of Texas Highway Patrolman Slide is based on then 27-year-old trooper J. Kenneth Crone. The character of Captain Tanner is based on Texas Highway Patrol Captain Jerry Miller. The actual kidnapped patrolman, James Kenneth Crone, uh, he actually played a small role in this film as a deputy sheriff. He also served as the technical advisor for the film. Hmm. The event it is based on did not take place over several days as it is in this film it's more a couple hours yeah because and once it, they stopped to sleep they would have just walked in and got them <laughs> well when they stopped to sleep they <laughs> like they lost them yeah, right know, but, like that was the thing but yeah. yeah and they probably would have they wouldn't have letting them get that far if that they're was... willing to shoot the tires out of a news van they're willing to shoot the tires out of the other car once they realized that he wasn't going to shoot their their man. Yeah. So. But that was a whole conversation, right? Where it <laughs> was like, what are you going to do? Right? What's the next step here? Yeah. Like, are you going to shoot me? And if you shoot me, what what, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Right? You basically, you're dead yourself. Yeah. yeah. So. Those were the some of the fun facts I pulled out from this movie. There were quite a few additional fun facts. Um, yeah. Well. But. We got lots of stuff to yeah, talk we got about. A lot of stuff. Like Mr. John Williams himself. So, Star Wars. 
What? Duel of Fates. <laughs> I could actually do this for these people. What is John Williams known for on IMDb? All four of them. Are they Spielberg films? Um, no. no. You know what? I don't even... No. Star Wars. Which one? The Phantom Menace. Yes. He has to be known for Duel of Fates. He Yes. That would be my primary. He is known for Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Okay. I want to say Jaws, but I don't know how if that's iconic enough because that was. No, he's also known for Episode Four, oh. A New Hope. Okay, so that's two. So he's known for two other things. One of them is a Spielberg. The other one is not. Hmm. I'll give you two guesses on the Spielberg. And three guesses on the one that's not, because oh, you might not get it. So one that's not a, a Western. I don't know. Didn't John Williams do Westerns, too? No, not that I know. God dang I don't. I, my brain hurts. <laughs> so, the Spielberg one. He's done a lot of Spielberg. Is it new or old? Old. Uh, okay, so it wasn't Jaws. No. So, but, Close, Close Encounters? No. E.T.? No. <laughs> The Schindler's List. No. That was three guesses on two guesses. Damn it. Jurassic Park. God damn it. <laughs> you know what sucks? I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's on the table right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. You think the top of it is somewhere else, though. I yeah. think it's over there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure Jurassic Park's on our table. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And the other one you might not get because it was from a different era. Um, but Superman. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah, um, he did the Christopher Reeve, the Superman. Christopher Reeve Superman, that very very iconic score. Um, that if you heard, you'd definitely be like, "Oh, that's from Superman." But I mean, uh, Jurassic Park, hundred percent. Yeah, you said that. I'm like, "Yep," because you you can hear it. But uh, you know, Jaws as well. Jaws has that like iconic m- music of something's coming for you mm-hmm. that everyone uses. Dum. Yeah, but um. Okay, we're gonna get sued. <laughs> now, if he sues us, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> publicity. <laughs> um, now, lost all of our houses, but publicity. <laughs> now, Mr. Steven Spielbargo. Still, Spielbargo. <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg, probably one of the greatest directors of all time. Definitely one of the highest-grossing directors of all time. Um. Just the man has done so much, yeah. And we we talk about this too. He, he he's not just movies; like he's cartoons, he's games, he's done so much other things in his life. So isn't the Animaniacs partly Spielberg? He produced it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, he is the highest grossing director of all time, according to Wikipedia. Do you want to know the top on. five? Sure. Do you want do you want five to one or one to five? Five to one. Let's Can you guess number five? Michael Bay. Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know why? Because some of his shit is like six point four nine five billion dollars. His highest grossing film was Transformers Dark of the Moon. Ugh. Then Peter Jackson. Okay. Six point five billion. Mostly because Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Um The Russo Brothers. The Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James Cameron, obviously with the avatars. Yeah. And then, yeah, Steven. So, James Cameron, $8.238 billion. Mm. That's a lot. That is a lot. Steven Spielberg, $10 billion. <laughs> he jumped a whole $2 billion ahead of the next guy. Um, granted, one of Cameron's movies did make $2 billion, but still. Um, yeah. Steven Spielberg is remarkable and i'm glad to talk about him what do you think he is known for so is he known for any of the movies i've already listed off no what (laughs) spielberg is not known for any of the movies i have listed off not that i can remember so no jurassic park no no close encounters no no schindler's list yes Ah, sorry i ah. forgot you mentioned that one okay so schindler's list is on there yes um 
Why am I thinking? No. Saving Private Ryan wasn't his. Yes, was it? it was. It was. And he is known for that. Saving Private <clears throat> Ryan. War what movies what of was I time. thinking of? I was thinking of someone else. Hmm. But Saving Private Ryan. Um, he's not known for Jaws. Which he's not known for Jaws. Is weird. Is his, okay, so the, I have two movies left. Yes. Are they older movies or newer movies? Older movies. 90s or 80s? Uh, 82, 81. One of them is from a franchise you'll definitely kick yourself for not getting. Franchise. Multiple movies. All done by Spielberg. He only did one of those. Why am I... Indiana Jones. God. Last Crusade. <laughs> That's because I was thinking of... George Lucas. And oh, sorry. Raiders. He was known, he's known, he's known Raiders, for Raiders on this one. And you know what? Yeah. That's on the table somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's right here. Yeah, so is Star Wars for John Williams mm. and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, yeah. The other one is uh, E.T. Yeah. Should have got that one. Uh, I said E.T. is. No, I didn't. Yeah. E.T., the extraterrestrial. So, but yeah, he is um, ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry, he is. The uh, Jurassic Park. Okay, we're going to talk about this because we're talking about Spielberg. I love Indiana Jones. Raiders of the Lost Ark is like a great movie. Mm -hmm. But Jurassic Park, the fact it holds up visually to some degree, not entirely. Not perfect, but yes. It's not perfect. But when you see the T-Rex mm -hmm. crush a car, you go, shit, this movie's good. Yeah. It, it's the same feeling you get when you watch The Fifth Element. And you go, how the hell does this, do these special effects mm -hmm. still hold up today? This still looks like it does, it did, yeah. 20 years ago, 30 years ago when it came out. Well, the fact that... Right. Like, Jurassic Park was, what? 98? Yeah. 95? Sorry, I have to... That's a load. He's so, so far back down there. Um, 95, I want to say. You want to say 95? Because I think 98 was Jurassic Park 2. Maybe he didn't produce Jurassic Park because it's not on his producing list. No, he directed it. Yeah, but I'm pretty I just whatever. You know what? I'm just going to search for it. But like, it holds up so well. Yes, ninety three. Uh, yeah. Darn it. Ah, oh, right after Hook. Hook was a good movie. But Hook, <laughs> Hook again, great Spielberg movie. Yes. Um, I really. Well, let's, 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 I don't want to redo Hook, but I really want to redo Hook. hook. <laughs> um, let's let's do this. So, Sugarland Express, 974. 75, we talked about mm -hmm. was Jaws. Jaws. We've Close already done Jaws. Close Encounters came out in 77. Mm -hmm. 79 was 1941, known as pretty much his flop. Hmm. Um, and then went on to do Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., <laughs> Temple of Doom, mm -hmm. um, The Color Purple. Yeah. Emperor of the or Empire of the Sun, then Last Crusade. <laughs> like these movies are just remarkable pieces of work. So Temple, I, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom's still a good movie. It's good. It's just it I don't know. It it was It just wasn't as good as the other two. No, and it was the wrong casting of your of your female lead. Oh god, yes. Yeah. Andy. But let's face it, Steven cast her for a reason. Because he wanted to marry her. <laughs> and then he did. And then he did. <laughs> like, he he got the girl. He did get the girl. So. And yeah. then we got the actor who then came out from everything, everywhere, all at once. And is amazing. And yes. I think one of his acceptance speeches was he, he actually. He said, thank the people you, who made you. And he thanked but, Steven yeah, Spielberg. Spielberg was there, too. Because yeah, he, he also produced The Goonies. So, like, I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, so, anyway. But yeah. Spielberg's had, I mean. We'll talk are, about him again next week, but yeah, yeah, Steven Spielberg is. There are there are a few that, like. There are a few directors who people will go, oh, I'll go see that. Yeah. Just because it's Steven Spielberg directing. One of the ones that I often think of, though, and it's always that conversation of how different the movie would have been was AI. Yeah. Because it started off as a Kubrick. Mm-hmm. 
And then when Kubrick passed, it went to Spielberg to finish. Yeah. And you always wonder, because I just remember, and I haven't seen that movie in a long time, and I always just remember it feeling different. Yes. Like, it kind of gets to a point, and then it just goes off in a different way. And I was like, I don't know if that was Kubrick's version of it, or if that was Spielberg's version of it. And I always wondered what would have happened if... From the, from the little bit I know about Kubrick, mm-hmm. from the movies I've seen from him... And from the multiple movies I've seen. Lyndon Barry. Fr- Barry Lyndon. Lyndon Barry. <laughs> seen of Steven Spielberg's, which are way more family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that when Steven took over that project, he made it way more family friendly. But I feel like he also... And I feel all that stuff at the end with the extraterrestrials yeah. and all that stuff was probably a him thing. Um, Whether or not it was, because it could no, have also been the story. Right? 100%. The, the Flesh Circus was probably Kubrick. Because <laughs> that just sounds like something Kubrick would do. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think Kubrick directed any of that movie. Uh, I think he did some of it. Yeah? I don't remember. So, But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Spielberg. Steven. So. Stevon. Yes, Stevon. Ah. Uh. Okay. Basically, basically gave us our love of films, pretty much, like with Indiana Jones and Star Jurassic, and even Jurassic Star Park. Wars, because like he had a hand in some of that stuff too. Like, yeah, um, yeah. He anybody who grew up in the eighties loved Steven Spielberg. Nineties, well, eighties and nineties, right? Two thousands. So, okay. His Ready Player One could have been better. But it was still good. Yeah. Stanley Cooper worked on this project for two decades before his death. But along the way, he decided to ask Steven Spielberg to direct. Okay. Saying it was it was closer to his sensibilities. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So not... Maybe, maybe so, yeah, it wasn't... He didn't direct it. He didn't direct but it's, any of it. It's still, it was his project. It still yeah. felt like it was... It felt a little bit different from a Spielberg film. Yeah, but it felt like, like it was more of a weird mash between the two that didn't quite pan out. Clark Gregg was in that movie. Was he? Yeah, he was super nerd. Yeah, super nerd. Cool. Yeah. Superhero? So. A lot of people were in that movie. Robin Williams was in that movie. Yes, he was. He, he was, was the genie. The, well. No, he was the professor, the professor AI thing. I yeah. can't remember. He was also a genie, but that was a completely different movie. <laughs> Okie dokie. Okay, Sugarland Express. Yes. Shall we start at the bottom? Well, how are you changing it? Oh, yeah, right. Because um, we, we, we went on a I'm long not spiel. that much, actually. Um, though the fact is, like, I think we talked about this beforehand, but, like, who the hell is, who the hell is um, remaking a Spielberg movie? Yes. Um, I think if you're going to do something like this, you're doing it as, like, a, hey, this was Spielberg's first film. We're doing it for Netflix. We're doing it for Amazon Prime. We're doing it for... <laughs> this is Spielberg being like, I'm producing it, but you're directing. Yeah. Like, this is going to be like... This is like... Not like all newcomers or anything like that. But like, this is like a way for other people to hone their skills type of thing. Mm-hmm. Type of deal. Like, I could even see this being like a... Hey, some art student did this as a university project, you know, and got Spielberg's consent to yeah. release it because he thought it was cool or something like that. Um, not that I casted it with college students, random college students, but... John Smith <laughs> from Arizona State <laughs> is now Slide. You don't know who he is. All I did was cast it with names from the the football roster from Key and Peele. <laughs> there you go. Squeeps! <laughs> Arizona State University. <laughs> um, I love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I, I think um, I think that's the only way it would get made is with with his like prompting, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you're really good. I kind of want to see what you do with this piece of work that I haven't touched in fifty years." Yeah, I feel right? like this would be this would be a, like weirdly. I would say this would be like a project of even Spielberg's or somebody's that said, you know what, let's go back and revisit some of my movies. Mm-hmm. But like, this is this is the Spielberg collection where I have brought in my friend, 
this director, up and coming director, yeah. to direct them to direct this remake. Yeah, like I'm thinking, like, like they would never redo Jaws. And no, no, like we talked about. I that. think these would be like handpicked by Spielberg to be like, hey, I think you'd be great. What do you want to do with this? No. Or what? Do you, which one of my movies do you? God, that would be a cool idea. Which one of my movies you wanted to redo? God, yeah, imagine that. Like, get people who are obviously still alive, so you couldn't yeah. do it with Kurosawa and stuff like that. But, like, Spielberg, it's like, you pick five directors, and they get to pick five of your movies to redo. We'll give you $20 million. Oh, you need more than that, man. <laughs> well, it depends on the movies they pick. Well, <laughs> but see, that's the thing. If you're a director and you go, I can choose your movies, this is going to be great. <gasps> I'm not going to touch half of your movies. Because, <laughs> shit. Yeah. But like 1941, you said. Yeah. Or but like. But. Um, Sugarland Express. Um, what's his name? Oh shit. Michael Bay. No 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 no. Um, Tim Miller. Yeah. The guy yeah. for Deadpool. Yeah, the guy from Deadpool. Imagine him doing this film. Mm-hmm. Right. It'd be a lot more. I was gonna say George Miller, but like he's a little old to be. You know, like. Can you imagine not, his though. Yeah. Not like Tim Miller's young or Ma- anything like Ma- that. Mad Max style. <laughs> Sugarland Express. Um, but like, yeah, it'd be that'd be pretty fun for for someone to do as an experiment. I was just trying to see what movies. I'm gonna go back to like the '90s before I. Um, well, it's it's kind of like oh, he did. He was the executive producer on We're Back. Who? Steven Spielberg. Oh yeah, We're Back. Yeah. Okay, director. Uh, two, two, two. It's Minority it, Report. We've done. It's kind of like how. Um. Flanagan did Mike Flanagan did Doctor Sleep, mm-hmm. and they were a He was allowed to use a bunch of Kubrick stuff and all that stuff, and still wrap in Stephen King stuff in it. Like it's that love letter to the previous director yeah. and writer, right? Which is what you would need to do for this, because he also Spielberg also wrote the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the Twilight Zone movie, somebody would. Was... Yeah, but he only directed a, a section of that. Yeah, still. Right, because that was an anthology film. Yeah. 1941, Close Encounter, Jaws. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be very hard, but it would be interesting to see what like movie somebody would choose of his. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, like you get. Could you imagine having um, Guillermo do Hook? Yeah. Like, imagine what that Neverland would look like. That would look pretty different. That would be a fascinating movie. Yeah, it would be. And see, like that's something that would be cool. Yeah. Or um, Steve McQueen doing the color purple, because he did was so good at Twelve Years a Slave, stuff like that. Not not the oh, I, not I, the actor. I thought the actor, and yeah. I'm like, Steve McQueen still alive? <laughs> or Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Right with Black Panther and um, Fruitvale Station and stuff like that. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a cool idea. It was, but... You heard it here first, people. But... If this happens, we are suing. Steven? Are we? we? Steven? They're going to be like, nobody heard this podcast. Somebody must have heard it. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Sugarland Express. Ryan Reynolds is the only guy listening to our podcast, and he's stealing all our ideas. He's like, I'm going to steal this. They're never going to know it's me. (laughs) I went with Ryan Reynolds because... We're from your hometown, Ryan. (laughs) You're not going to get away with this shit. <laughs> or Seth Rogen. Same. You ruined my favorite donut shop, Seth. <laughs> well, you didn't ruin it. You made it way better. And I can get it more places now. But I, <laughs> I have to wait in line. <laughs> I didn't have to wait in line before. <laughs> anyway. Hey, that's like the toy shop, okay? <laughs> Kevin Smith loves toy traders. Yeah, I know. Oh. So. Okay, how are we changing it? I'm not changing it that much. I want to keep it in the era because I think that's kind of the only way. You can't do this in a modern day era. Yeah. That's the only way because like if you did it now, they'd just shoot them and the movie would be over because <laughs> American police suck. Um, well, they'd also probably be like, sorry, deputies, collateral loss. He doesn't have a wife or kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, deputy patrolman. It's okay. Whatever. Deputy works. I don't know if he's a deputy. Um but I, I think you'd have to keep it then just because then it would be fun to do the cars and stuff like that because the, the old the older cars and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I the one major thing I really want to change is they get to it, but I think the, um, the relationship between the three mm-hmm. people in the car needs to, needs to happen more organically. 
Um, yeah, it, it does. Movie. It did seem that Sly just suddenly was like, "Hey, I oh, like these people you know, now. These people are actually yeah. kind of good." Um, but yeah, it needs to happen way more organically in it. Um, so, I think that's one of the main main things I would have to change. Um, but I, I I don't really have a lot to change of this film because changing it too much mm-hmm. would completely change the film. Like, if you made it a faster car, then it's a high-speed chase, yeah. and then it's different. But that's not the whole point of this movie. The point of this movie is that they're trying to get their kid back. Yeah. And, like, maybe I would explore that a little bit more. Like, why was she deemed an unfit parent? And why did it get sent to these two waspy people from Sugarland, like, wherever Sugarland is? Sugarland, yeah. Um, in Texas. Sugarland, Texas. Um because like they just seemed like the worst two people to take in to adopt a baby. I they lo- also seemed like grandparents. They did. <laughs> I love the fact that the first time you see the kid, he's out playing with the dog by in the himself. yard by himself. Yeah. And then she comes and like just picks him up. I was wondering in that scene, and I wonder how they did it. By the way, that is um Richard D. Zanuck's son. Okay. Because they couldn't find anybody that looked quite like Goldie Hawn or not. Um. That was a fact I didn't have in there. But, like, I was wondering in that scene when she picks him up, like, because he starts crying for his mom. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if his mom was on the other side of the camera. 100%. Yeah. And then it's just like, okay, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> like, way to traumatize your son. <laughs> um, yeah, that was weird. And I found that kind of, like, weird relationship of that where it was like, oh, no, the, the state said he's ours. They can't take him away. And you're like, but everybody else... When they go through that one town where they're like, you get your son back. You yeah. you are, you don't let them. And you're just like, this is such a weird, because then you get to her and she's like, no, he's my son now. And the, the mm-hmm. state says you can't take him away. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Well, <laughs> like, I think the whole point of that was like the, like, the law is here, mm-hmm. but the moral thing is here. Yeah, and it, right. and that's what I kind of liked when they go through that town where he's like, we want to bypass it. And he's like, no, we want to see the people. But it's like. You want to see the people because you're seeing it that they're, they're on they're your side. You. Yeah. And they're getting you like, yeah. Hey, can you get me some rollers and some hairspray? And she's like, I, I'm on it. Yeah. I, I got this. <laughs> I gave you a pig. It's paying on me. <laughs> that yeah, was also she, improvised, I, by the way. Because she looks directly at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm pretty sure the pig was just peeing on her. It, it was. <laughs> Uh, I figured that was real because, like, yeah, she looks directly at the yeah. camera and it's like, it's peeing on me. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm with you. You don't change. I mean, yeah. The tone shift, I think you need to be more subtle. Like, I think it needs to be as you're getting closer, it starts to get more real. Mm-hmm. Like, you started off kind of, yeah. and that's where I think it kind of could work better. You start off very comedic. Right, the fact that they just break out by walking out, and everyone's like, "You broke out of a pre-release yeah. facility, and you had four months." Like, w- nobody does that. Yeah, why would you do that? And then you just kind of go comedic, and that's where I think the build of the I, friendship, I, where it's yeah, I think the tone shift should be when they get shot at by those hunters. Yes, and I think that should be the part where it's like, "Oh shit, this is real," and they they didn't really think that before because they're young, they're. Yeah. You know. But I think you have that. You still have the snipers come in, mm-hmm. and I love the weird practice they had of licking the bullets and sticking bullets in their ear. That was actually a thing. No, I, okay. yeah, I because as much. because it was also it was also to dampen the sound. Yeah, right. Just to protect your ears yeah. from shots. Yeah. Um, but like I think you still have that, but you still have the captain going, no, no, got yeah. it. One hundred percent. You you can only give me ninety percent act like mm-hmm. prediction on this. No. And you still have, like, the fun, but you're right. Yeah. You get to the shootout in the car lot. car lot, and that's where it's like, okay, it starts to get real. And I think that's where you need Clovis to really start to be like, this is real. Yeah, maybe we should just, that's when he should be like, maybe we should just cut and run, go straight cut, to Mexico. Yeah. Like, no, I want my baby. And it's yeah. like. Yeah. And then you, you're getting to the Nicolas Cage situation of <laughs> raising Arizona. I know, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, you got to get to the end and I think the end needs to happen of, you know, uh, Captain Tanner and Slide, you know, having that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to do the epilogue, the way it's written, 
I think you need to show that, 100%. but you need to show it further down. Yeah. Or you need to show the kid being a little more grown up and then meeting the mom mm-hmm. and like it being a l- much longer battle than it turned out to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Okay. Let's start at the bottom of our list. Um, I'll be honest with you when I was, cause I, we sometimes switch off the list, but I, oh. most of the time I, I do make the list of who, who we're going to cast. Um, I really do want to cast, really did want to cast those two snipers. I could not remember their names, and I could not find it on IMDb. Could just put snipers. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Old man snipers. Because <laughs> it'd be fun to do like cameos for them. Because this to me was very much like a Blues Brothers type of film. This was very much a Blues Brothers, especially um, with car crashes. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to do that, but then then I thought about like the tone shift stuff we talked yeah. about, and I'm like, okay, well, we won't do that. But we'll start with uh, Mashburn. It was one of the. Um, he was like the deputy with the captain. Yeah, he was all like the, time. the kind of right below the captain. Yeah. Uh, played by Gregory Walcott, mm-hmm. um, who is known for Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh, hey, <laughs> Ed! Uh, Every which way but loose. Um, the eager sanction and Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. So two uh, Eastwood movies, mm-hmm. and then Plan Nine from Outer Space. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I still kind of really want to watch that just to see how bad it truly is. He was also in Ed Wood. Was he in Ed Wood? Yeah, I'm guessing if he was. He was a potential backer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he was sense. born in 1928 and died in 2015. Oh. 87. So, there you go. Okay. Um, do you want to go first or shall I? Um, I'll go first. Go ahead. Uh, so, I went with somebody who's not typically a police officer. Usually on the other side of the law. That one's Aaron Paul. Okay. Because I was like... Yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> he's usually on the other side of the law. The, the, the two things I've seen him in, he's on yeah. the other side of the law. <laughs> Son of a bitch. What? I didn't even realize what I've done. Okay, never mind. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I do not is, realize is, what I did. Is Brian Cranston also in your thing? That's fine. Whatever. Is he your, is he your Captain Tanner? Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I didn't even cast them at the same time. Okay, so anyways, Captain Tanner, by the way. We'll get to him afterwards. Yeah. But anyways, Aaron Paul. They were really good together. They were good. They had great chemistry and all that stuff. So, And I just, it was more so, I was like, you always see him as kind of the other side of the law and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I wanted to see him as more of this, like, gruffer deputy mm-hmm. that's just like, okay, you know what? I've been doing this for a little bit longer because he's Cause, not a young man. Mashburn is the one who first figures it out. He's yeah. the one who tracks them and then goes, oh shit. He's the one that drives by him yeah. and then he's like... He's the one that gets the guns pointed at him and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> and then your Captain Turner, <laughs> Tanner. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about him after. Who's your, who's your Mashburn? Um, I also picked someone who is not recently known for being on this side of the law, but I picked Penn Badgley. Okay. Who is known for being a stalker psycho killer. Um, in You. <laughs> it's a weird show. I've no. never seen it. Um, but I've the only time I've... I, but I do know since the fact that it has three seasons on Netflix, people really like that show. Um, but I did like him in Easy A, one of the funnier movies Emma Stone has ever been in. Mm. Um, absolutely love her parents in that movie. Uh, Stanley Tucci is just just awesome yeah. um, who told you <laughs> that's every time i can one think of the of. best line one of the best deliveries of a line we're um, all late bloomers yeah but i'm adopted <laughs> who, who told, told you, you? <laughs> they're black son yeah, <laughs> yeah. um <sighs> yeah pen badgley i think obviously he does a good job mm-hmm. on you so if people, he, he does actually i've, pe- I've watched if people episodes. love a, a man for playing a stalker of women he's you 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 gotta you gotta give the prop guy props for he's a, he's more of a psychopath than a stalker because yeah. like the last season he's actually married in with a kid but yeah, okay. she's also a crazy mm-hmm. so I, I, yeah. I watched a couple of episodes. and then for my Captain Tanner Captain Tanner let's talk about Captain Tanner who could I have uh, who was played by Ben Johnson yeah. uh, in the movie who there I, he is I feel like I recognize him from something but I don't know uh, Ben Johnson is known for the Last Picture Show. The Wild Bunch. 
the getaway and bite the bullet. So I don't know if you would know him from anything. He was mm-hmm. in Bonanza. Um, mm, Angels in the Outfield. Who was he in Angels in the Outfield? Hank Murphy. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. But I've probably seen him in that. Yeah. So, yeah, he I don't, I don't know was any. born in, in 1918 and died in 96. At the age of 77. Mm-hmm. So. He was on something called Terror Train, The Swarm. God, movies had weird... Never mind, we all had weird... The Savage Bees. <laughs> this is a weird connection to our last month. Mm-hmm. His break came when John Ford noticed him and gave him a part in the upcoming film and eventually star part in Wagon Master in 1950. Hmm. So, which... Western. F- Ford's movies inspired Kurosawa, mm-hmm. right? So, that's uh, mm-hmm. weird. Um, Who is your Captain Tanner? My Captain Tanner was... Um, you're not going to know his name right away, but um, Rupert Graves. Um, he plays... Lestrade in the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes um, shows. Okay. Um, I picked him because of that. Because his Lestrade is very much like, <sighs> I'm too old for this <laughs> type I'm of thing. I'm too old for and this. I, I, I actually really like his version of Lestrade. I think it's really well done. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. It, again, as I said, this is not going to be a big cast of people and everything like that. No. So, yeah. So yeah, I did the didn't even think about it until now. I did the Breaking Bad thing. I went with Brian Cranston. Not a great actor. He's great. Yeah. Um and it was really because he has that comedic background which we've talked about. Like they can usually pull good timing. Mm-hmm. Um but they can usually pull emotional yeah, roles out of this. Mm. But he can be such a like a dead face yeah. actor as well that like, that's what you want. You want him to be this, like, go-gun. Go-gun? Go-gun. Wow, I can't speak. Gun-ho. Yeah. Like, captain, but he's understanding. He's not out to he just, like... He doesn't want to kill them. He no. wants to stop them. And I like that. Yeah. And I want that ending to be, like, that emotional hit to him where he's like, yeah, 35 years on the force, and this is the first one I, I've lost. Yeah. Right? Like... Yeah. And so I think, and I had Brian Cranston down first, and then I was casting other people, and then I put Aaron Paul down because, like, hey, it'd be cool to see somebody who's normally didn't even freaking think about it. Later, I have Gene Carlos Esposito in it. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's nobody old enough left. He can be one of the snipers. Okay. <laughs> oh. And what's his name that plays the DEA? Um, Odenkirk. Oh, no, that's Saul. But, yeah, he can be the other sniper. <laughs> We're done. This is now Breaking Bad, Sugarland Express. <laughs> breaking Sugarland Express. So. Okay. Oh, geez. That was, so, that was bad. Uh, but Brian Cranston, we, we, we've talked about him before, too. Yeah. Like, he is, he is a great actor. And it's funny because you think, like, he went from Malcolm in the Middle to Breaking Bad. Yeah. And like, he's talked about it in interviews, too, like, where he um, turned down a lot of other sitcom dads yeah because he didn't want he didn't want to be locked he didn't want to be typecasted as that um so yeah within he's like when vince gilligan called me and was like hey you're on this one episode of x files that i did years and years ago do you want to read for this (laughs) he's like sure that sounds awesome i'll do Um, it so all right slide slide our uh constable our patrolman highway highway patrolman uh, played by Michael Stacks, mm-hmm. uh, who is known for Slaughterhouse Five, The Amityville Horror, the original, this movie, and The House of God, uh, the original. Yes, from 1979. Hmm. I believe that's the original. Yes, it is the original. Oh. So, not the Ryan Reynolds remake. No, the James Broland one. Ooh. Yeah, and Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder. Maybe the wrong person went crazy in that movie. <laughs> Sorry, Margot. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Let's keep going. Um, Slides your patrolman. Yes. Gets hijacked. Born in 1948. So alive. Yeah, good. So. I guess I'm up. Yeah. So I wanted somebody that can fill the cop role, but also is a little bit more of the innocent looking role. Cause that's kind of what this guy was. He was like this innocent and then he kind of got taken along, but he's still a cop. And I love the fact he has that drunk guy in the beginning 
He's like, didn't I pick you up? Isn't your name this? Yeah. And the guy's just, you know, he'll start. No, um, it's not mine. <laughs> Get out of here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I went with Grant Gustin. Okay. So Mr. Barry Allen from The I Flash. I can see that. Um, because he kind of has, he has that like innocent boy look, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though he's quite, he's much older than I think. I mean, he's not super old. Yeah, he's not he's older like than our us. age. Yeah. If not younger, actually. But he still has that like innocent look to yeah. him. Yeah. So, um, it's yeah. Skinny face. It's a skinny face, <laughs> the clean shaven. Yeah. I almost right. went with, um, Jonathan Groff for that same reason. But he's a little yeah. too old than, than a, a I wanted. Bit, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I was like, he would, and just visioning it, I was like, I can picture him. And yeah, like when I, I pulled totally up his IMDb, that. there's actually a, I guess a show or a movie or something that he's in where he is an officer and he's kind of dressed up like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. 100% looks like what I He is really a want. great Flash. He is a great Flash. He's been doing it for like 10 <laughs> years. Yeah. Probably way, the way most consistent. Than, way better than Ezra Miller. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring him back for the next Flash movie. God damn it, DCs. They need to get their shit together. Yeah, they're, um, they're doing stuff. So I've been with someone very similar. I went with someone that could could do the the the, the jovial parts of this mm-hmm. as well as some of the serious stuff um, because we saw him do that in Detective Pikachu. So I went with Justice Smith. Um, kind God, of that... Detective Pikachu's a great movie. Yes, it is. Um, that kind of like... Like he just plays this this kid that is wants answers and wants to get down to thing, but is also really good at the comedic timing. Because mm-hmm. if you're not, Ryan Reynolds is just gonna trample all over you. Um, not only that, you are acting with CGI characters. Yes, and doing a really good job. It's the not mis- easy. The to Mr. Do Mime that. scene. <laughs> <laughs> so um, funny. <laughs> that's such a good scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I went with Justice Smith. Yeah, I like it. I like him. Thank you. Okay. Our two... Our two... Um, our Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Our, our Raising Arizona. Our so Walter right. Peck and Goldie <laughs> Hawn. <laughs> Walter Peck. Couldn't name a Goldie Hawn character. <laughs> so, William Atherton we're going to start with. Um, as, as we've already talked about, a prolific, prolific character actor um again not, it took me a while because i was like why do i recognize very him different. Um, and the fact that he smiles and stuff like that yeah well uh what do you think william atherton is known for um we've talked about two of them already i already know i had I ah, accidentally don't pulled, bring it up man I accidentally pulled up his thing so, he's known for die hard die hard ghostbusters real genius which is the movie we really need to do one of these days um and the day of the locust which is something i don't know yeah. from 75 yeah. um i yeah. like the fact that he, i'm guessing this is a game <laughs> called planet coaster <coughs> yeah console edition he plays walter peck does he really yep in 2016 <laughs> so he did the voice i'm guessing of walter peck god you're right yeah planet coaster that's hilarious. Uh, and he did the voice in the Ghostbusters game in 2009. Yeah, he did. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, he's been in a lot of TV shows recently, and he was on Stargate he, SG-1. He, he has made a really, really good career out of being the character he was in Die Hard and Ghostbusters. Yep. And you cannot fault him for that. Well, he's so. good at it. Yeah. So, it's my go. You're up. So... Um, you are not going to know who this person is. Oh, he was in Biodome. Yes, he was. He was one of the professors. <laughs> he, was, he was one who goes he nuts. He was the rocket professor. Yeah. Um, what are you, a rocket scientist? Yes. Actually, I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, sorry. Who's um, your Clovis? I went with Mason Gooding. You're not going to know him. Uh, he was in Scream 6. Mm. No, Scream 5. Um, sorry, Scream 6 is the one coming out. Which which I want Matthew Lillard to come back and be be the he, bad guy. He's dead. No, they don't. They they've <laughs> never actually confirmed Scream, his death. Look it up. Scream Six has one of the best movie posters mm-hmm. ever made. It it um because the movie is now set in New York. Ooh. Um and it is subway lines doing the ghost face mask, mm-hmm. but it's six subway lines 
Each stop is a person who died in one of the films. But oh. Scream 6, his subway line is blank because we don't know who dies yet. Ooh. It's really, really clever poster. Oh, um, you're talking about this one? That's the one. Okay. It's a super clever poster. Um, but no, he was he was in Scream, Scream 5 um, as Chad Meeks Martin. Um, I used uh, the person who played his sister um, a little while ago, uh, Janet Savoy Brown. Because uh, I really do feel that the two of them in that movie were just spectacular and really, really good. So, yeah. I think he'd be great as Clovis. Okay. I, went, I don't know if I went too different. Um, I went for somebody that I know can play the oblivious kind of country bumpkin guy, but recently has also apparently gotten into really good shape. Uh, I went with Will Poulter. Poulter? Poulte? Poulter. Poulter. Um, Up and coming, he's going to be Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, yeah. He got in amazing shape. He got into, like... But, like, we are the Millers. I think I usually come back to him in that. (sighs) So funny in that. He is hilarious in that. And he is Um, such an asshole in Midsummer. I haven't seen Midsummer, but... No, you're not a horror movie guy. No. So... But... He has that ability to go from, like, those different genres, right? Mm. Like, those are, like, three very different genres. We have superhero, action-y. We have <laughs> just horror. Just straight-up straight comedy. straight-up comedy. Yeah. Right? Like and, an R-rated comedy. Yeah. Like, doesn't his testicle get bit by a spider in that movie? A tarantula, yes. <laughs> but he also raps TLC and <sighs> That's so funny. That scene, and everyone's just like, wait, what? He's like, wait, you guys are getting paid? Did you, that is one of the greatest lines. Did you see the blooper? When they played the Friends When they played thing? the Friends Yes. <laughs> um, but I figured because he can he can go between that kind of like dumb, yeah. I don't want to say southern dumb guy, but southern dumb the, guy. Um, the naive country person. Naive country person. Not southern, just country. But still yeah. be like, still have that shift in him as well. Where he realizes the exact position he's in and what he needs to do. And I think yeah. he could do, nail that. Yeah. That's my Clovis. Like and it. now I can think of his Clovis Bray. And that guy's a dick. That guy is a dick. We come back to Destiny a lot these days. <laughs> okay. Next. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Now, can you name a Goldie Hawn movie? Um, what is Goldie Hawn? We, we've known done for? one. We have done one, and she's known for it. Oh God! What was the movie called? Not Fool's Gold. No, um, that was her daughter. That was yeah. <laughs> that was Kate Hudson. That was Kate Hudson. Um, stupid Chevy Chase movie set in San Francisco. Not that one. No. No. What? She was that in that movie though, right? She was. That was that stupid Chevy Chase one. Um. We've done another. We've done multiple Goldie Hawn. I'm pretty sure we did this movie. Did we not do this movie? No, we did this movie. What movie? First Wives Club. Oh yeah, we did do the <laughs> yeah. First Wives Club. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I'm trying. Foul to think... Play, by the way. Foul Play, a stupid yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, she is also known for a movie that I've very much wanted to do on this, Death Becomes Her. And we've talked about that one, yes. Um. And Overboard, which has been redone, um, and Private Benjamin, oh, yeah. which is, I think she won or was nominated for Oscar or something. She that, yeah. that was one of those movies where people were like, this is really, really good type of movie. So, yeah, that's what she's known for. Colby mm-hmm. Hahn. Probably mostly known by us as just being Colby Hudson's. Uh, Kurt Russell's wife. I was going to say Kate Hudson's mom and Kurt Russell's wife. Um, so, yeah. not to say, but like she's had a long career. She's had she's... a long, good career. And um, she—that was the thing. Like I watched this movie, and I'm like, you know, you can see her. She has like good acting. Yeah. Ability com- to her. Good comedy too. Like she has a lot of good comedy, but there was a couple people couple in our things. parents' generation will know her from laughing, which was a yeah. comedy like variety show where she used to pop out the window. Yeah. So. But. Yeah. But yeah, she's she's done yeah. so much, so many things over the years. Death Becomes Her was a great one. The First Wives Club was a great one. 
Um, yeah. Fool's go- Fool. What was it? I keep thinking foul Fool's play. Go- foul play. Why well, don't I think Fool's Gold? <laughs> foul play was not a good one. No. Chevy. But that was probably mostly because of him. Let's just go with that. If you really want to know, go back and <laughs> listen to our episode on foul play. Yeah. Uh, Apparently yeah. she was in a movie called Wildcats where she looks like she's coaching a football team. Probably 90s. Uh, yeah. A yeah. rookie high school football coach has a harder time than she expected trying to whip her tough inner city team into shape. Mm. That sounds like a 90s movie. Oh, God. Look at the hair. Definitely a 90s movie. It's probably the hair my mom really wants. Nope. 86. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Coley Hahn. Coley Hahn. Oh yeah, she was in the the Christmas Chronicles with Kurt Russell. Yeah, she's Mrs. Claus. Yep. So, um, house sitter. You go, amigo. You go, amigo. You go. Oh no, I go because yeah. I did Will. Will Poulter. Um, yeah, we're definitely not going to have the same person. No. Okay. I had a uh, Maya Hawk. No, we didn't have the same person. <laughs> She's great. She That's is a good great. choice. I love it. And you know what? Stranger Things. Right. Like, that's what sold me on it because she can do. But the thing is, not only that, but like, I can see this character being played by her. Yes. Yeah. Very much similar style of, of mm-hmm. character. Um, the excitable. The excitable, but also the, top, the fun. Yeah. You know. So yeah. she was my. No, that's a great pull. She was one of my first choices. Yeah. Actually, Brian Cranston was my first, and then she was one of the, the second ones. Um, but yeah, she just she's in the right age range for it, and she can just nail this this character that you need. Yeah. So, Maya Hawk. Yeah. And you know, if you're gonna have Goldie Hawn, who has a famous daughter, you got a famous daughter of a famous <laughs> actor. Oh, well, I thought at one point someone would try and be like. Kate Hudson. She's way too old for this. <laughs> Kate Hudson's daughter. Yeah. Wait, Kate Hudson has a daughter who's an actor? I'm pretty sure she does, actually. Probably. I don't know if she's an act- actor. She probably has a daughter or son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Anyways, who is your Lugine? <laughs> is that how you say her name? Lugine? Um, again, I picked someone who you probably have no idea of, though I will... I will tell you what she's in, and you will understand. Okay. Um, I picked Sophie, Th- Sophie Thatcher. Thatcher. Jesus. Thatcher. <laughs> Do you want to try it one more time? Sophie Thatcher. Okay. Um, Sophie. Sophie. <laughs> Sophie Thatcher. Hey. <laughs> um, mostly because of her part in Yellow Jackets. Very different characters, but... Not her part as Drash in the Book of Boba Fett? Well, that was the other thing. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> kind of a <laughs> redemption for the terrible car chase scene in the in the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> but what are you no. talking about? That scene was great. It was so slow, it should have been filmed by old people. <laughs> anyway. the book. Let's, let's call the Book of Boba Fett what it is. It's Mandalorian 2.5. Yeah. Um, she was so good in Yellow Jackets. She was good in Mandalorian, too. I really liked the character. Right. Um, but Yellow Jackets, I've talked about it over and over again. Remarkable, remarkable television show. Um, and the people who are on it are just freaking amazing. And I cannot wait for season two to come out very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, her. I want her to do this. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you. Just as long as I can't say her name. Sophie. Sophie. What and she's in the right age. She's now? 22, 23, right? Yeah. So, you know. Because they, they even say their names in the movie, or their ages in the movies. So. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Spielberg's directorial debut with a Goldie Hawn. Like, that, that almost threw me a little bit, though. Yeah, but the thing is, like, we know Goldie Hawn as this famous person, but, like, in 1974, she wasn't. No, I know, but you're well, still like, you, you're was, like, but... that sounds like trivia you would have. Where it's like, hey, in Steven Spielberg's directorial debut theatrical release, who mm. was the main star? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like before this, there was TV series and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. Okay. Where can they find us? 
You guys can find us on all podcast uh, thingamajiggies. My brain stopped working okay. about 10 minutes yeah. ago. On podcast, all podcast services, streaming uh, services, uh, iTunes, yeah. Spotify. Please, if you, if you are listening, if you do listen, reach out. If you are we, John Williams. We'd, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to have you involved in this if you want to suggest a film or a theme. Just not Battleship. We will probably um, probably Get do to it, it because you're the only person who's ever contacted us about it. Um, you're the first. Hey, the, the, you, there's always a first, the guy, the guy requesting Battleship, if he can come up with a theme that makes sense for Battleship. Board, we'll game, board game movies. We already did Clue. You can't do it again. <sighs> we got Battleship, though. <laughs> but only Jumanji. Jumanji. It's been done. Yeah. So trying to think of there's got to be something monopoly there's no monopoly movie hungry hungry hippos <laughs> they're really hungry <laughs> snakes and ladders would just be anaconda. anaconda we'll do anaconda there was a snake and a ladder in one scene ah. <laughs> anyway, terrible movie yeah where can they find you can they even find you um coming coming live back april probably uh the knuff comic guy store on etsy come check us out I'm in the process of moving the shop, per se. So, uh, yeah. Another month or two before we have that up and running, hopefully again. But you can come check that out. Sounds good. All right. So, next the, week what next week is what the critics claim are Steven Spielberg's top film. Mm-hmm. So, from all of us here at Recasted, go watch E.T., The Extraterrestrial. <laughs>